0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, we're Phil and Karen Yates, and we will be reading John 12, verses 12 through 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to be to God. Phil and Karen, thank you for reading our scripture today. We appreciate you being a part of our worship in that way, <clears throat> I want to say a, a quick word about Pastor Jeff. Um, we announced last week that he will be taking uh, some renewal leave about ten weeks and I want you to know he didn 't decide to take it early and skip Easter. Um, he is actually uh, traveling today he has gone to Lubbock to be with his mother um, who is is recovering from a, a fall and so he will be back for Easter Sunday His leave will begin the week following Easter, but keep him and Mary in your prayers during, <clears throat> during these days. Today does mark the beginning of Holy Week. That means the Lenten season is coming to a close, so if you've given something up, just a few more days, just hang on a few more days. Um, but our worship series for Lent has been, see, I am doing a new thing. We've been discovering ways to become aware of the new things that God is doing in our midst. That includes things that are happening around us, but more importantly, what God is doing in us and through us. Lent is a time of new beginnings. Lent is a great time for us to go deeper in our relationship with God and discern our own unique gifts and our own unique calling to allow ourselves to be transformed so that we can then Join with God in the transformation of the world. So today, it's my hope that we can consider things that Jesus reveals about himself, but also things that Jesus reveals about us as we seek to follow him faithfully. I'd invite you to join me as we pray together. Oh God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day and the gift of what it means for us as your followers. God, we pray that you would be in our midst now that you would quiet our minds, that you would open our hearts to the message you have for us today. And God, I pray that these words would not be my own, but that they would be your words for your church. We pray these things in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> so today on, um, on Palm Sunday, this is a day when we have to hold two things together in tension. Of course, the shouts of Hosanna but also the cries of, of crucify that we know will come in just a few days. The, the scripture reading for this morning is the story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, but as you listen this morning, I, I want you to hold in the back of your mind that we cannot separate the parade from the cross, We find that this text halfway through the Gospel of John, it's a story that's actually found in all four Gospels, that means it's important. When we find something in all four, we need to pay attention, but John's version is the shortest of the four. And so the festival that's going on that they're referring to, he's referring to here, is the Passover feast. This would begin the week leading up to Jesus' arrest and his death. And so a huge crowd, and I mean huge, like hundreds of thousands of people would come to Jerusalem to worship in the temple for Passover. They were celebrating their freedom from slavery in Egypt. Now, if you go back to the end of chapter 11, right before this, people who were arriving for the festival were wondering, is he going to come? Is Jesus going to, is he going to show up? Because the chief priests and the Pharisees had ordered that he be arrested, that if anybody sees him or finds him... He was going to be arrested. Now, why? Why were people looking for him? Why was he in so much trouble? Well, again, in chapter eleven, you see that he had just raised Lazarus from the dead, and people had heard about it. And so a lot of the people in the crowd that day came out of sheer curiosity. They wanted to see who this guy was, what's he all about, what's he gonna do. And so they greet him with palm branches. Again, this is a detail we only find John's account, which is interesting. The other gospels mention things like coats, but John talks about them greeting him with palm branches. And so these eight verses that we looked at this morning, these give us a good glimpse of things that Jesus is revealing to us, if we have hearts that are willing and open to receive that. The first thing is this, that Jesus reveals himself as, as king, as our Lord and as our Savior. Now, palms were a symbol of national triumph and victory. That day, Jesus was seen as a national hero. But palms were also a symbol of reverence, because these people knew that they were in the presence of something much greater than themselves. They were yelling, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. Now, these words come from Psalm 18. If you go back into the Old Testament, Psalm 18 is a psalm of praise, and Hosanna is actually Hebrew for save us now or salvation is here. And these are words that, that people who were oppressed would use as a call for help from someone who they saw as a conqueror. So people knew that Jesus was coming with authority. They looked to him to lead the Jewish nation in conquering Rome. They had this hope that he would be this warrior king that would come and restore their nation as God's kingdom. But we know that Jesus came as a very different kind of king. This crowd was huge, way too many people for him to try and talk to. So he decides, I'll just show you. I'll just show you what kind of king I am. And so Jesus reveals a new way Of peace and righteousness. Now, remember that Jerusalem then was occupied by the Romans. And so the smart thing for him to do would have been to enter the city very quietly, maybe even secretly and cautiously. But in an act of great courage, an act of great love, he redefines the nature of power. He finds a donkey. Now, he knew exactly what he was doing when he did that, because if you go back again to the Old Testament to Zechariah chapter 9, The prophet, he's making a a deliberate claim that I am the Messiah. Because the prophecy says that the king would come on a donkey. And so Jesus is saying a new era is dawning today. Now think about parades that you've been to. Maybe a big parade in New York City, maybe Mardi Gras, maybe a smaller kind of hometown parade. But regardless, there's energy. There's excitement in the air, right? There's always a famous person, at least one, that you're waiting for. It might be Santa Claus at the end. But there's always somebody that you're waiting to see. And that's how this was. And then he rides in on a donkey. This was not flashy, friends. It was not. This would be like the queen entering a royal procession in a smart car, okay? This was not expected. But he's clearly showing that he comes not as a warrior king, but as a humble king. Because donkeys were noble animals. A warrior king would ride in on a horse, but a king wanting peace would come in on a donkey. And so Jesus comes to bring justice. He comes to bring forgiveness and kindness, not war. And Jesus does not lord his power over others. He serves. And he uses his authority to heal and to save and to free people. Now the scripture notes that the disciples, his closest friends, the people who had been with him, who had journeyed with him, who had watched him work miracles, the text says they didn't understand what was happening. They were were confused because it would only be in light of his death and his resurrection later that week that they would come to understand the real meaning of his kingship. And so Jesus reveals our need for the cross. Now, my observation of the Lenten season has evolved. That's the word I'll use, evolved over time. I've been in full-time ministry for almost 19 years now. And so, as my faith has grown and changed, the way I observe Lent has, has, has changed as well. Now, y'all, I need coffee during Lent, okay? Like, I'm tired. I'm not giving up coffee for Lent. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's, it's just not going to happen. But instead of giving something up, the way that I have begun to observe Lent is I try to take on something new during that season, whether it be a, a new prayer practice, whether it be a new way of, of meditation. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I am a strong one, and I mean strong one, meaning I have a tendency toward perfection, tendency. Um, that can make Lent challenging for me. Because I have to be really careful that I don't allow that to be, I don't allow the season to become about me and my abilities, and i got to get it perfect, or I need to cross things off my list, because that's how I roll in, in everyday life. But what I've come to understand is that Lent makes me feel more in need of a Savior than ever. I need the cross every single day. I need God's grace that's greater than my sin Every single day. And it is only when we engage in reflecting on the death and the resurrection of Jesus that the full truth of who he is can be grasped. And so that's why we can't skip from Palm Sunday to Easter. We can't do it. We have to walk through his betrayal and his death first. And so I would encourage you this week, on Thursday and Friday night, I know it's the end of the week. I get it. But I would encourage you to find 45 minutes to an hour and come and worship with us on those nights. Allow yourself that space to sit with Jesus, to journey with him through those days and those hours. It's easy for us to wonder why and how these people who were praising Jesus would be shouting for him to be crucified just a few days later. But I wonder if it's really that different from our own experience. Because here's the deal. They had their own dreams and their own wishful thinking about what the Messiah would be. And then he was seized and imprisoned by the Romans. And all of their praise turned to disappointment. He didn't meet their expectations. But friends, God doesn't meet our expectation. God meets our needs, and sometimes that even looks very different than what we want or what we expect, but God is always good. God is always good. And so what are your expectations of Jesus? Maybe we expect him to magically change our circumstances when we have stress, whether it's in our finances or in our marriages or in our jobs or with our kids, but we expect him to do it without us contributing any effort, Maybe our expectations are quite small. Maybe we think that Jesus only cares about the social or political issues that I'm passionate about, forgetting that he's not just my king. He's the king for all humankind, for all eternity. Or maybe we have an image of Jesus that's very safe and comfortable, as opposed to a Jesus who's very radical. Our expectations determine what we see. And also, what we fail to see that's really there. The living Christ is among us. The living Christ is among us here today, but he's often revealed in in very unexpected places. We have to be paying attention, and we have to know that God's kingdom is present here. Our whole life, really, in some fashion, is a perpetuation of Palm Sunday, because every day we have to ask ourselves, Am I going to follow Jesus? And be ready to engage in a new movement, or am I going to watch from a safe distance and follow the crowd and then turn against him when my wants are not fulfilled? Because I believe that if we set our intention for living as a follower and a disciple of Jesus, that he will reveal our path to being transformed. But that includes a response from us. The end of this passage mentions a miracle that he had just done of raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, that was the final straw for him with those who were in power because more people were believing in him, people were testifying to their faith, and he was a threat. And so that prompted their decision to arrest him and to kill him. Now, the Pharisees were frustrated. They were in despair. I mean, you can hear them with exasperation saying, the whole world is following What are we going to do? Nothing could stop the people from following. The cross is inevitable, but so is triumph. And it says they continued to spread the word. Now, for us, that means we have to be just as excited, more so actually, about Jesus as we are about sharing our wordle results, okay? Now, I am one of those people. I got it in two yesterday, friends. I did. Like, I was happy about that. But we've got to be more excited than that about telling people about Jesus. If you look at the next few verses, 20 and 21, it says the Greeks, the Gentiles, came looking for him. What does that mean? That confirms that his gift of life had extended beyond the Jewish borders. Thus fulfilling his public mission on earth, that's transformation. And this story today, the story of Palm Sunday, is a vision of the way it can be. It's really the way it should be when we have shouts of welcome and joy, and we have a community coming and celebrating together. It's the same vision that's offered to us today. We can welcome Christ into our lives. We can celebrate that transforming power. But things shifted quickly back then. And we, too, can easily get distracted. My hope is that we can hold fast to his vision of goodness to peace from the practice of justice, from equality, from a practice of respect. Now, all of us want more out of life. More looks different for each one of us, but we all want more. But more only awaits in Jesus. There's about 20 of us that have been journeying through a Lenten study together. We've been using the book, Renegade Gospel. It's a wonderful book that I highly recommend. It's written by um, Pastor Mike Slaughter. And one of the things he says in the book is this, that we have turned church into a noun. It's a place we visit. And we've redefined faithfulness as showing up for worship for one hour, singing a few worship songs, giving a financial gift, and going back to our lives the rest of the week. That's not really indicative of a life transformed. I think what that means is we've lost our passion. We've lost our first love for who Jesus is. Now, we, we usually all start our journey of faith with enthusiasm. But we struggle to sustain it when we start seeking comfort and not a calling. And so that might be you today. Or this whole Jesus thing might be new to you. And if that's the case, I want you to hear a word of hope that it's not too late. It's not too late because the presence of Christ is among us. He's always been there. And he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will give you that passion again. Or perhaps for the first time. The great saint Mother Teresa is said to have given this advice to a young pastor She said, preach Jesus, the true Jesus, the real Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, and not a Jesus of people's imaginations. The true and real and resurrected Jesus is who we're running after today. To go where he goes, to live the way he lived, to love the way that he loves as we lift his cross, as we give ourselves for his cause. Because Palm Sunday is not just about participating in a victory march. It's a chance for us to reflect on who Jesus really is. But we can only understand by remembering it in light of the rest of the story, by remembering that the parade led to the cross. And so as the week unfolds, we can be overtaken by God's love. And then we can pour it back out into the world. I'm going to invite our worship team to come. I have asked them today to sing a song that I hope can be a prayer of our hearts as we move into the events of Holy Week, as we turn toward the cross. We're going to, to leave the lights lights dumb, and, and there will be a benediction after the song, and then you'll be invited to go. But, but as we worship, as we sing, I, I want you to let the words of the song take hold, in your soul, as you begin to contemplate what this week holds for us, but, but also what this week holds for Jesus. And just like they laid palms down for him, he is worthy. He is worthy of us laying our lives down as an offering. Because he reveals a new way. He reveals a different way. And so what is it that he's revealing to you today? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Like, really, Lord? Like, can you say, my whole life now is for you? Do you believe that he's your Savior? Has he saved your life? Because he saved mine. The hope of the world can be the hope of your life. And so do you receive him as your king? And do you believe that it's vital for other people to know about him? Because if we seek him actively and expectantly and make him our king, I promise, I promise that you will find comfort and strength and joy. We will not have perfect lives. That is not what he promises. But as we see more and more of his greatness, the more we will fulfill our calling. And the more we will not be able to help but inviting others to join us on that journey. And so will you allow yourself to leave here changed today? Because the good news is this, God will transform your life if you say, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, and you're my King. And as Jesus begins to change you and transform you, then your family will be changed, this church will be changed, this community will be changed, and the world will be transformed for the goodness of the gospel. Thanks be to God for that gift. Amen.